0: Hey people, it's Chad from All. This is the dummy room.
1: up guys Dummy room punk rock podcast I am Nate hope everyone is having a terrific summer this is uh episode 180 I believe whatever it doesn't matter what matters is who is on the episode and that who this time is Mikhail from the real danger and the shivies uh, I've been waiting to have this guy on forever I apologize to him because I just can't say his name very well I just can't get it down I can I won't even attempt his last name there's no hope there but anyways while I wait for him to uh to show up here. I have a new song from the McRackens. Sweet. Definitely don't need to say too much about these dudes. Uh, you know exactly, exactly what, sh- <laughs> what you're getting when it comes to this band. Uh, they deliver every single time and what they delivered this time is a perfect summer smasher called Wake the Fun Up. Check this out.
0: In <laughs> the Wake the fun up, baby We're having fun Come on and wake the fun up today Let's have a party In the summer
1: So that is the first single off what will be the next McRacken's album. Can't wait for that. Uh, but that single should be out on all the, all the streamers on, uh, on the 8th. There will be a Lathe Cut record uh, shortly after in August, I believe. And then um, we're looking at a new album in early 23. It's McRacken's, you know, so you can, you can kind of rely on them to pound out great records. They've been doing it forever. Um, someone else you can rely on for great records is this week's guest. And this will be the last time I have to say his name and make a jerk of myself. It's Mikhail from The Real Danger and The Shivies.
2: good nate how are you
1: pretty excellent man i'm been trying to get you on forever i'm glad we could finally find a, a sunday that we could both uh you know sit down and make this happen
2: right on right on yeah uh, sundays are kind of kind of like hit a hit and miss for me most of the time but we made it happen so let's do this
1: awesome i'm a fan of you you know other than you know the great music from the Chevys and the real danger there's all the uh, the skateboard stuff, the erotic artwork, which is cool, but uh, <laughs> mostly you're here to talk punk rock, I guess.
2: All right, all right.
1: So at at the top of the show, I uh, I played a new song from the McRackens, and right I on. talked to you yesterday, and you said you had never heard them before. Had you heard of them?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. I know of the name, and I know like uh, like their whole their whole thing with the with the black and white faces. Like with yeah, yeah. The, with the with the eggs, maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nah, yeah. Their eggs, yeah. yeah but- but, but there's a dog involved, too, right? Yeah, there used to be a
1: chicken, now there's a dog. It's a little weird looking from the outside, I'm sure, but I, I was going to say, there's no way you couldn't have heard that band. They've they've been hard to avoid for the last 30 years or so.
2: Right, yeah, well, the thing is that, uh, you know, uh, I haven't always been, like, super involved with, uh, as you call it, the bubble-adjacent uh, pop-punk <laughs> type yeah, of stuff, yeah. you know? So uh, I have a... A whole lot of blind spots regarding those kinds of bands. So,
1: all good, man. All good. So, hey,
2: how's uh, how's life in the Netherlands, dude? Not bad at all. You know, uh, just doing my thing, uh, which is uh, freelance illustration, doing doing artwork for artists, for bands, for brands, for like skateboard companies, snowboard companies, yeah. all sorts of uh, all sorts of stuff like that. So uh, that keeps me pretty busy, usually from uh, Monday to Friday. Cool. And then, uh, and then I have my bands on top of that, and uh, so life's good. Can't complain. That's awesome. And you said you're at your studio, and behind
1: you, you are—you got a wall of wall of your skateboards.
2: Yep, <laughs> yep. Maybe Dude. I was gonna say three, but it's more like four years ago. I decided to start up my uh, my own little skateboard company, which is called Meltdown Skates. Cool and uh, the whole thing was to you know like back in the day they used to uh, print the graphics using uh, screen printing yeah yeah and, and I've always been super into screen printing like the way it looks the way it feels and all that stuff so uh, and, and nobody was really doing it anymore so I just decided to uh, to give it a go and uh, have boards made and then I found a found a really good screen printer and uh, Just took it from there, and now I'm just doing that whole skateboard company thing on the side, more as like a a passion project or a hobby or whatever. I've always had an issue
1: with cool skateboards, you know? Like, I'm looking at you, I see Kelly Kapowski behind you, and if I were to buy that skateboard, I would never use it. It would sit on a wall. So, like, (laughs) I mean, it's like you spend money on on this great piece of art, and then you're going to go just shred it up. It just doesn't seem like a...
2: I would never do that. True, but then again, uh, these days, or you know, probably since forever, there have always been people uh, collecting the boards and hanging yeah, them yeah. On, on their walls and stuff like that. So um, maybe like 50% of the meltdown skates boards that I sell end up on people's walls, and the other 50% oh, sure. get sh- shredded to bits. You know, but it's more like a, it's more of a generational thing too. Like the younger kids that will buy the boards. They don't care that they're screen printed, they just, they just need a board to skate and they will just trash it and just like, uh, <laughs> you know, the way, yeah. that, the way that they're still intended. I, I mean, I, I like that it happens to those like, pieces of art because they're skateboards after all. But then again, there are also a lot of people that buy them uh, to collect them. There's actually two guys, one in Belgium and one in, uh, one in Germany. They have one of each of every board that I, uh, that I released. And they still keep buying every single board that I put out. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. you know, like That's great. Like true, true collectors.
1: I was going to say, that's kind of a good thing. You know. Everyone's got to buy two, one to hang up and one to use.
2: One to yeah. run. <laughs> ideally, ideally <laughs> you know, that doesn't really happen. I mean, the boards are kind yeah. of expensive because, because the screen printing process is, uh, is a lot more expensive than uh, the heat transfer thing that they usually use. So my overhead costs are just pretty big on those things. And, uh, you know, it's not for a profit. It's more like uh, make some money back so I can make cool new skateboards again.
1: Yeah, yeah. You got a favorite? I haven't seen them all, of course, but all I can see behind you is uh, Debbie Harry and uh, Kelly Kapowski.
0: that is a good idea. (laughs)
2: Uh, mm, A favorite? Probably the first one. First one? Yeah, I'll show you. Cool. Yeah. I'll just show you, uh, this is the first one I had made. Nice. So it's, uh, it's basically a huge, it's a 10 inch by 33 boat. It's a huge deck, uh, which I actually had made in, uh, in the States in, uh, Texas. Okay. By, uh, by a guy called, uh, Jesse, he runs, uh, cat palace screen printing in Selma, Texas. And he printed that board for me, so that was the first one I had made. And uh, so I'm still still pretty proud of the way that that came out, and uh, just super happy with that. So the first one is probably my favorite.
1: Yeah, dude, it looks cool. Before we started recording, we were chatting about skateboarding a little bit, and for some reason I brought up a, a guy that used to live in my city, and he, right. he's now in Minneapolis. He's an old friend, and uh, his name's Jeremy Lindvig. Anyways, he came up in conversation, and it turns out you know him, which is totally crazy. I couldn't believe it. So how do you know Jeremy Lindvig?
2: Well, the skateboarding, the skateboarding thing, or the skateboarding scene, if you will, is, uh, is a lot like the punk rock scene. You know, it's, okay. it's a it's a global a global thing. So it's not yeah. just local.
0: Like
2: Plus, skateboarding originated in America, so it makes sense that we would just look towards that country for basically everything that happens with it. Uh, and I've been collecting vintage boards for mm, maybe twenty years now. Or over wow. actually. Um, so I uh, I came across Jeremy on one of those collector forums, I think. And he also screen prints decks. So, you know, that's like a common interest. So we uh, so we're just Facebook friends and on, we follow each other on Instagram and stuff like that. But it's a small world. You know, there are not yeah, there yeah. are not there are not a, ugh, there are just not a lot of people that uh, that screen print decks the way that he does and, and the way that I Uh, do with my Meltdown uh, Meltdown stuff so you know it's just cool just a cool guy does cool stuff so yeah. yeah plus he's a punk rocker as well so
1: yeah I've known him for Jesus Christ I don't know like 30 years maybe roughly 30 years um uh-huh. Just from going to shows here, he was maybe a couple years older than me, so he was like one of the older punk rockers. Right. There used to be shows, and I'm not sure if he put them on, but there used to be shows in his loft apartment here in La Crosse, and uh, yeah, he's just always been into cool music and shit like that. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a, a fan of the Chevys and, and uh, The Real Danger.
2: He might be, he might be, you never know.
1: <laughs> yeah, cra- crazy small world, when I just happened to throw that name out there and you said you knew him, I couldn't believe it, so very yeah. cool. Uh-
2: you know th- that whole skateboard collecting thing. Um, years ago, there must have been 20 years, 20 years ago. Um, one of my one of my old bands played with uh, with a band from Richmond, Virginia, with Count Me Out, and uh, we were talking, and I actually knew also like a guy from their hometown. His name's Pat, and he was also a skateboard collector. And those guys couldn't believe that I that I knew that guy. You know, so it's it's always been like this, like it's just a super, super small world. Like, a lot of those people just know each other and follow each other and all that stuff, so... You know? It's,
1: yeah, that's cool. cool. I mean, cool. I guess it makes sense, you know, because it seems like this this bubble that we live in with, with punk rock, even before Facebook, you kind of knew people from all over the place, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I didn't really know Marine before that too much, but, I mean, it seemed like there was some contact there because of the first windowsill, apers, you know what I mean? Like, right. It was just, you knew of these people, and you I don't know, and then when you actually... With the, you know, with social media and shit, you really feel like you know people and the world just gets a hell of a lot smaller with that, so...
2: It sure does, it sure does, yep.
1: Yeah, so no, I, I asked how life was in the Netherlands, because man, I'm... It seems like, it seems like a real destination spot to end up, <laughs> you know, especially for somebody, you know, somebody from the States, you know, like, I don't know much about the Netherlands, here's what I know. I know, um, of course, Anne Frank... Uh-huh. Uh, the Travoltas, the Apers, Bat Bites, Windowsill, Stardom, of course, you, eye against eye. And, uh, I Against I, And I think it's the country, this is kind of a weird thing, but um, I know it's a very progressive country, but I also know that it's also uh, the country that has the tallest people in the
2: world. Did you know that? Supposedly, yeah. I do know that because I am not <laughs> one of them. <laughs> You're not one of them? No. No? No, I, I think I'm... Maybe I'm not like, very tall either. so Maybe like five, 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 six or something. Okay.
1: I'm not I'm, much taller than you. So I'd, I'd probably I'd stick out a little bit. I'm one of just the short guys.
2: I'm a super short guy in, in the Netherlands.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. No, I just, I just, just knew that somewhere. I, I read that somewhere. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You know?
2: Yeah. Well, it, it, supposedly it's a fact, you know, I, I see it all the time uh, as well. The tallest people, tallest people in the world. Uh, actually, uh, my, uh, my studio, uh, the guy who, uh, who's next door in the studio, um, he's like, uh, six, six, four, six, five, maybe. I don't know. Just, just <laughs> super. I might be getting it wrong, but just, just a super tall guy. And also Robert, the drummer in uh, 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 the shibbies. Yeah, yeah. He's also about that high. He's also super tall. So
1: now I've seen the pictures of you guys and, I just thought uh, him and Marino were just uh, extra extra tall, and you were just like regular tall. <laughs>
2: Marine's Marino's kind of tall. Robert is super tall, and I'm super <laughs> short. <laughs> so we got that out of the way.
1: Awesome. So tell me, uh, tell me how how you got into into punk rock, man. Have you always lived in Rotterdam too? Is that where you're from originally, or
2: no, no, no? I moved here, uh, moved here in '95 when I started art school, and I just never left. Cool. But Jesus, the punk rock thing—it um, all comes from skateboarding, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. I uh, when I was about twelve or thirteen, I was uh, I was very much into uh, hip hop and graffiti, much like Stefan, actually, who's also, who also has a Stéphane Stardom, who also has a similar story. So I was into in, into stuff like Run DMC, LL Cool J, Public Enemy, uh, Boogie Down Productions, and all that kind of stuff, like like mid to late 80s uh, hip hop. And then pretty soon after, uh, once I started skateboarding, uh, through skateboard videos, I got exposed to punk rock and hardcore. For instance, uh, one of my favorite videos, which is Santa Cruz's uh, Streets on Fire, that has a, an SST Records soundtrack to it. So that, what, that had like uh, Blast, uh, Firehose, Minutemen, and five songs by Descendants off of the Live Liveitch Live uh, album. Uh, that's where it pretty much that's where it pretty much all started. I mean, right before that, I had heard Ramones and Sex Pistols and similar bands. But once skateboarding came along, that was like the big thing. That was just punk rock, punk rock, everything. So that's where it comes from.
1: Yeah, that's. Kind of the same for me. I mean, I remember being a little kid, and uh, and uh, a, a buddy of mine. He worked. Uh, he worked with some older guys, and they were, you know, f- pushing that stuff on him, SST catalog and stuff like that. So it was uh-huh. Descendants and Husker Du, Minutemen, that stuff, and a uh, right. huge influence on me. But it wasn't, you know, I'd say the Descendants was the one that was really I was most interested in, and then of course Screeching Weasel came across that. And that was, that was it for me. But yeah, Descendants were probably the, the first actual pop punk band that I ever
2: liked. Probably the same for me. I think I was into Descendants before I was into Ramones. So, you know.
1: Yeah, same here. Yeah, because mm-hmm. at that time, all I had heard from the Ramones was, uh, you know, Pet Cemetery, whatever was on, you know, the radio or MTV at the time, you know, they yeah, had well, videos for...
2: Right. My introduction to Ramones was actually the Loco live album. <laughs> which is, which is just uh, so different from the from the first <laughs> yeah. two albums, as anybody can tell you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that took a lot. Took a little bit of uh, adjusting. So I was super into Loco Live, and then I started like digging, digging out all the old stuff, and uh, I was like, "Holy shit, this is slow." What <laughs> <laughs> <It> happened?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a different time too. You know, that wasn't. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but we're, we're close in age, I'm sure.
2: Well, probably. I'm uh, I'm about to turn 48, actually.
1: Okay, so I'm a little bit younger than you. Just a little bit, though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that was, you know, pre-internet. You'd have to go and really Maximum Rock and Roll or Flipside or whatever zine or whatever skate video or whatever compilation. Hmm. You know, it was harder to find that stuff, too.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely was. Well... Um, when we all started getting into punk rock uh, or, or skateboarding and punk rock at the same time uh, there was also this this skate shop in Holland that also sold uh, uh, CDs just like CD albums uh, cool. that's, that's how I came across uh, Boogada 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 and one of my friends bought the, the Liveage CD through them so you know that was a yeah. big source a big source for a lot of us into into uh, into skateboarding and uh, and punk rock to get their to get their music from so that was that was pretty cool yeah that was cool so what was your first band my first band um, not sure if I should count the 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 first it's not even a band, you know. It was just like a couple skateboarders getting down in a basement and then oh, yeah. instruments and then just messing messing around. And then I remember I was the drummer, and all I had was a was a snare drum and a chair and some some sort of foam little mat that we placed on top of the snare drum so I could hit it without it making noise because it was uh, in someone's basement. And uh, but <laughs> I, I also remember one time. Um, for some reason there was a drum kit there and I have no idea how it got there. I have no idea who played it because uh, it was just the basement belonged to the parents of one of my skateboarding friends and I, to this day, I don't know where that drum kit came from. <laughs> but um, I, one thing I do know is that uh, one, of my, one of the guitar players in the real danger, Sharky, he, uh, he was one of my skateboarding and childhood friends, he still is of course, um, and he knew how to play that drum kit for some reason, so we recorded re- recorded on a boombox uh our New Bomb Turks Mr. Soup cover, which is actually a cover song in itself, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Mr. Suit. that's not a New Bomb Turks original, right?
1: I, I'm not sure. I know the song. I don't know if it's an original or not, though.
2: Actually, we we recorded that, and that was that. But it wasn't really a band. But the the first real band that I um, that I uh, that I was in was a uh, Uppercut, which was a straight up hardcore band, like old school hardcore. And that started in September of 1995. So I was already, I was about to turn 21. Yeah, so I was 20 years old that was the first band that we and we played with that band for maybe 11 years I think up until 2006 which uh and then that band actually morphed into the real danger oh cool uh, the real danger is basically that entire band uh plus the added bonus of Sharky on guitar so the we, we made it a five piece and then we decided to uh to just do uh like the fast punk rock thing because we were just super into that music, and we also and we always uh, had been. So it felt like the time to do something new, and then we started the Real Danger, and that was that. So, uh, but it's it's kind of crazy to think that I've been playing with those guys, the guys in the Real Danger, uh, since 1995. So that's, that's crazy. That's a, long, that's a long ass time. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I I did not know that. I knew I knew of Uppercut. Um, uh-huh. nothing else before The Real Danger um, you know I don't know but The Real Danger to me was just a great band and I remember when um, and we're going to jump around a little bit here but I remember when, when Marine I don't know about a year ago well more than a year ago had originally told me about the Chevys and he told uh-huh. me had a new band it was going to be a Riverdales kind of band or whatever and I was like oh and he told me who was in there and I was like I just couldn't I couldn't hear it you know I couldn't hear you singing that style, I guess you know, because right. to me you're yeah. with the with the real danger, and, and I, I I hope this is a compliment to you, but I you kind of sound like the guy from the Get Up Kids. Actually, you sound a lot like the guy from the Get Up Kids. Oh uh, sweet, and,
2: yeah.
1: Well. <laughs> um, but I don't know how you did it with the Chevys There was a there was a a, a voice change there, or something happened. But at first I couldn't believe it, and then even when I heard the Shiveys, I'm like, wait a second, this isn't this doesn't sound anything like him.
2: But no, just um, because he was a different voice. <laughs> much much like Joey, <laughs> yeah, he used yeah. different approaches to his uh, to his vocal delivery uh, over yeah. the years. Um, thing is that I've always, uh, I've also uh, been part of a, a Misfits cover band, um, maybe also close to 20 years ago. Well, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> I don't know. We actually yeah. did a record with that band, which is super weird to do a Misfits cover band record. But <laughs> I was in I was in that band it was called Astro Zombies AD. yeah, uh, I saw that on the discogs page yeah and and for some reason I have this this little this little talent, if you will, of like doing voices and nice. like mim- mim- mimicking voices, doing like sounds and all that stuff um so I so I kind of like know how to sing like other people, cool, you know and yeah. And with the Shiveys, the Shiveys were really meant as like a, a Ramones, riverdales kind of homage. Totally. Uh, also, a lot of Huntington's, and, um, and you know, like the guy from uh, the guy from uh, from Huntington's also has Mike. like, yeah, yeah, Mikey has a couple a couple of different approaches to his vocals as well. <laughs> like for one, sure, yeah, yeah. Like like for like uh, one instance, he'll do like the Joey crooning thing, and then it's more like more straight up punk rock or whatever. And uh, I decided to do that too, just like get my Joey on and also because the shitties, <laughs> the shitties were meant to be like just like fun and a little bit cartoony, if you will, like a little bit over the top, just like doing the crazy one, two, three, fours and just like have fun with it, you know, like nothing, yeah, yeah. Too, nothing too serious and, and if we're going to do this, then we're going to do it right or, you know, like try to do it right and by doing it right, I mean, just have as much fun with it as possible. So that's where that voice really comes from, just like trying to trying to channel my inner Mikey Huntington meets Joey Ramon, meets uh meets uh Vapid and uh <laughs> in the Riverdales, you know? Also, yeah. uh, Vapid sounds different in the Riverdales than he does in uh the Methadones or whatever, so
1: absolutely. Yeah, he and, turns he he gets he finds his inner Joey for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. See? That's what I'm talking about. So I did that too. <laughs>
1: That's very cool, but I, I was always, you know, I've been a, uh, a fan of Real Danger for, you know, quite a while. That first record, um, you know, it wasn't until recently that I found out that you did the artwork for all the, that
2: stuff, too. Well, I did the artwork for most of the t-shirt designs, but I also, but I, I also made it a point with Real Danger to never do the album covers.
1: Oh, I thought you did the album covers.
2: No, 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 no.
1: Uh, actually,
2: actually, the... The first and second one were done by by American dudes, also from the skateboarding from the skateboarding scene, and then the third one was done by a, a, a Dutch comic artist, and the seven inch was done by a Dutch comic artist as well. The only thing that I did was our split with the with the windowsill.
1: Yeah, and okay, okay. I knew you did that because that totally looks like you. Like yeah. Everything yeah. else you do, all your stuff, but true. I'm not sure why I thought you did the albums. I have no idea. Anyways, the first album though is. That, that cover, that's what grabbed me, I think, to the real danger, you know? Uh-huh. That was, I was like, wow, that, I kind of saw some, you know, it kind of looks like Dr. Strange Records logo a little bit, so I was like, this might be kind of cool, and mm-hmm. uh, it's totally not like that, that kind of stuff, but I remember when I first heard it, I'm like, I, you, you hear that, and it's the weird thing, like, there's another band from, I think they're from Denmark, and I, you probably know them, they're called the 20 Below's.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I've always, like, looked, compared you guys to the 20 Below's. Just, like, you kind of took the Descendant sound, the All sound, and you kind of did your own thing with it, you know? The vocals, you're not trying to be Milo, you're not trying to, you know, anything like that. You both have very distinct vocals. But the True. music is this really good interpretation of... Descendants and All, whereas uh, some bands that do it, you know, like the Doughboys or, you know, Big Drill Car, they sound just like the fucking Descendants or All, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you guys were able to sort of, you can hear the influence, but it's not a direct rip-off, and I love it.
2: That's true, but it's also because we also have, like, a lot of fast songs, which is more like, uh, I kind of dislike the term, but more like skate punk, if you will. Um, or, or at least that's what we call it here, just like the yeah, fat yeah, yeah. The fat records type of uh, type of stuff um, but we're also huge lifetime fans you know oh, like cool a lot of the fast beats and a lot of the chord progressions are just a little bit lifetime adjacent maybe sometimes yeah I might be able to hear that yeah I'm actually writing uh, or or I have written a bunch of new songs for an upcoming the real danger record if if we ever get around to recording it All and, right. and doing some stuff but it's 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 in the works it'll happen. <laughs> And I was gonna it, ask
1: because it's been a, a while, while, dude. It,
2: it's been it's been ages. Don't get me started. It's just <laughs> it, no. I just I I just really want to do another record. So I wrote songs and they're just like basically lifetime kind of songs. Like every single song is fast and uh, but it's it sounds a lot like that to me. But I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm also not the best guitar player. I mean, uh, we have uh, Robin and Sharky in the Real Danger, and they're really good guitar players, and they know how to do like all the fancy stuff. So they uh, they us- they usually come up with the uh, with the uh, with the more Descendants and all type riffage. Yeah. If you will. But that's, that's very not cool,
1: me. man. No, very very cool. I've all, you know the three albums I think are just they're fucking amazing, and and the split with the windowsill is oh uh, man that, those songs are just so good that was a fun and one
2: you, you do you do know that 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 second song of ours is a is a carver song right
1: uh what, what's it called which one
2: it's a good together better part. no that's a, that's actually a marine song which he which he wrote for the I don't know if it was Royal Ramona Rooneys or the Raging Ramona Roonies or whatever they called themselves, <laughs> but it was but but it was basically the the precursor to Giant Eagles. And, I uh, and do not was, think I knew that. Oh, that's no. a, a lot of I think I think a lot of Giant Eagles songs uh, definitely in uh, in the backseat of the of that first record. There were, they were um, Royal Ramona Roonies, uh songs at first, but that was in, in the Myspace MySpace era when you could still like put songs online and stuff and have them be there. And so I was always uh, really, really into that particular song. So when we did the, the split with the windowsill, I was like, OK, Marine, just give me the give me the lyrics, if you still have them. <laughs> and, then <we'll> do, <laughs> and then we'll do a cover song of that of that uh, of that particular song, which we did. So it's actually a precursor of Giant Eagles. Yeah.
1: I did not know. I mean, I knew the the Ramona Runes or whatever. I mean, Marine told us about that, but I didn't. Yep. I don't think I ever heard them. So very cool.
2: Yeah. It it wasn't necessarily a band. I mean, it was just Marine with uh with his laptop just recording stuff. I think. I don't know if they ever like practiced or whatever. I have no idea. But it was basically. I, I don't know. It was just like basically Marine uh, writing songs. As he still does, as he's yeah. always done. Just like the songwriting a, writing machine.
1: Yeah, he's. I don't know if you... I mean, I'm sure you look at him like I do. He's just one of the best fucking songwriters. But you guys sure. have known each other probably since the Aper's days, I assume.
2: Well, the thing is, um, maybe around 96, I think, is when the Aper started. And yeah. uh, uh, both them and Uppercut uh, were featured on a, on a compilation compilation record in Rotterdam. So we played some uh, some uh, some shows together. I think also in honor of that record, and then maybe later once or twice. But um, I haven't always known Marine, just like from passing by, just like saying hi or whatever. I mean, I knew Kevin a little bit better because uh, uh, before the Apers, Kevin had um, this band called New Friend, which was some sort of weird mix of hardcore and punk rock and they they covered Warzone and I don't know all sorts of stuff which was a really cool band and Uppercut played together with uh, with New Friend a couple times I think also I, th- I think New Friends also in that compilation actually not I think of it um, so I knew Kevin a little bit better um, uh, so I never really hung out with Marine before before uh, before all this I mean, we saw, we saw each other at shows and uh, I just, you know, when I wanted to do a, when I wanted to do a Riverdale's band, as I, as I called it then, uh, which became the Chivvies, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was just like uh, gauging him, just like, Marine, what do you think, you know, let's do a band. And of course he quit the Aper's because he didn't want to do a lot of shows or just like do touring and all that stuff. But I don't want to do a lot of shows either and I don't want to tour either. So, you know, it's just like, okay, let's make some, just do some, do some stuff, write songs, record them, see what happens. So that was pretty cool because, uh, the sole reason I asked him, well, he's a super cool guy, he's a super cool guy. He's just super nice and fun, fun to hang out with and all that, but he's a great fucking songwriter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And with, uh, with the shivies, we share the, the, the writing duties. So I write half and he writes half actually on the on the first record I mean we're writing the second record uh, the second record now Wow but on the first record most of the, the majority of the songs are mine I think maybe four or five Marmarine and then one was written by Jerry hormone so but it's but, but essentially it's 5050
1: that's uh sorry I'm trying to uh, process the whole we're oh, writing another record
0: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. we are. Son we are. of a bitch.
1: I, I seriously I thought I thought that was like just a one off. Yeah. Like, Marines got I I don't know what else you have going on. You know, before this I didn't know you know, maybe a new real danger record, but Marines still got yeah, Windowsill and Giant Eagles, <laughs> you know. Busy guy.
2: Oh that's that's yeah, that's just fucking crazy. Um, yeah, he, he just does a lot of stuff. I mean that's that, that new that new uh windowsill record is still supposed to come out?
1: <laughs> it better fucking come out, man.
2: Yeah, it'll it'll come out. It's happening. It's happening. I th- I think it's all it's all to his liking now, and uh, there were some some tiny issues that needed to be resolved, and just like I don't know it's it's coming. So that's coming, and I know that he's he might probably be done with the new Giant Eagles record as well. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote, he wrote tons of songs for the new Chevy's record, and I wrote tons of songs for the new Chevy's record. And but uh, as to answer your question of what I have going on, uh, I'm also writing songs for the new Real Danger record. Yeah, yeah. You know, and both uh, both Marina and I we have our jobs uh, and all that stuff. So plus he yes. has ki- kids as well, kids in the mix, and now he has like a, this little summer house that he that he bought. Like a like a trailer or something, like a caravan or whatever, hmm. which is where he spends most of his time now, which is that's also cool. where he gets, which is also where he gets a lot of writing done. So it's just a win-win, you know.
1: Yeah, that that's awesome. Like when you guys write, I mean, your your writing style is certainly different than, you know, from Chevy's to the Real Dangers, yeah, way yeah. different. And I mean, when it came to. I mean, was that easy for you? Is it easy to dumb down and just write a Riverdales kind of song for you?
2: Um, at the risk of sounding sounding cocky, uh, yeah, it's easy.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> not cocky, you know? I mean, I when I, when I when I hear the Riverdales, I'm stupid enough to where I, I can't write a song, but I think, God, I could have wrote that. You know, that's dumb enough. I could have wrote that song. But there's yeah. no way I could, you know? Yeah,
2: the thing is that people don't, for some reason. Like like a Riverdale song, or uh, one of the bands that I'm super into also is the Vapids. And that, yeah, yeah. That, that latest record that they did, I don't know, it must be like five or six years old or whatever. But um, I really love that record. And when, when bubble, pop punk type bands write songs, they don't do it that way for some reason. And there's like there's like this this little this little thing that's that's different i don't know how to put it but those bands especially uh the vapids and uh riverdales as well and i like to think the shivies too is that we just like try to be like carbon copies of the ramones to a certain extent and just just yeah, like yeah. Add, add our own flavor to it and just like do do things a little bit different but it's just a tiny bit different from just doing like uh I don't know. I'm at a loss for words here, but lost my train of thought as well. But um, it's just it's, it's just different, you know, I can't, I can't really put my finger on it. But I um, I try to write songs that the way that the Ramones would write those songs. Oh, yeah. Where you can like hum the bass parts to yourself and then the song's done. Like uh, you, you don't even need the vocals. You can just go like. <laughs> you know you just like hum the song because it's just like so it's you know it's, it's so simple but so fucking effective
1: totally. you
2: know so you don't need the melody of the vocals the the, the melody of the vocals is just an added bonus to the song but uh but the uh, the the basis of the of the song is just like in the bass guitar and the, and the guitar obviously like that's where the melodies are already in place if that makes sense you know
1: yeah yeah i'm assuming you wrote these two songs but there's two songs on the chivis record that you sing that would be wonderful ramon songs creepy vibes and uh esperanza yep both are mine (laughs) that those are fucking great songs that's just like oh my gosh these these would have been perfect ramon songs and Mm. i mean that the nicest way possible because
2: oh i appreciate uh, it Uh, i will take that compliment compliment any day of the week
1: but but you guys also wrote great Riverdales More more Riverdale style Like Crocodile, you know, shit like Cro- that That girl
2: Crocodile is actually uh, the uh, Jerry Hormone song which, cool. which, he, which he might have written For a band called The Rubber Hearts Which was essentially the windowsill With, uh, with Jerry on vocals I think You know, like when <laughs> when, when, <laughs> Yeah <laughs> we're, opening, we're opening up an entire can of worms here now that's yeah, so weird,
1: you know. I'm on the outside, and I know there's got to be more than ten musicians in Rotterdam, but it doesn't really seem that way with those no. guys. That that Apers tree is like, can you guys get anybody else to play with? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask no. you about phone booth, because sure. that's a song. That's the first uh, Chivvy song I ever heard. Uh, he sent me the he sent me a demo of that. I think it was a demo. I thought, wow, right. that's that might be my favorite windowsill song. And then it's like, oh, that's that's the Chivies. Yep. Like, yep. So songs like that, because that's that's totally different than the rest of the Chivvies album, I think.
2: kind of is. Uh, it's also one of those songs that Maureen had already written, I think, and then decided to take it to the Chivies, Uh and not use it for the windowsill, maybe. So there are a couple, a couple of songs that he wrote that could be played by either band, I think. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just wondering if he just must have a hard time kind of getting away from that style of his. I mean, well, Apers, Windowsill, a lot of those songs, they're kind of the same, you know, same style.
2: True, true, true. Plus he has like this his signature way of writing, you know, it's just like, yeah, that's a Marine song, all right. But um, for instance, I know for, the, for an upcoming either Windowsill or Giant Eagles record, I think it's Giant Eagles. He, uh, he had this demo of a song and he, uh, he played it for me and I was like, okay, we're taking this. This, this, doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't belong on a Giant Eagles record I want that song and, we'll see, and, and he's still like well maybe I don't know you know we'll see what happens but I want that fucking song that's a great <laughs> great. it just sounds like Ramones so I want that song for the chivvies. But you guys must uh,
1: hate each other you and Simon must not get along and Jerry cause like wait we're in this guy's band no I'm I want that song for my band you know
2: well that's the funny. thing is I, I don't know. I, uh, I hardly ever talk to Simon, uh, unless there are shows, but there haven't been a lot of shows or shows in Rotterdam lately. Uh, plus, and Jerry, he moved away to the countryside, so I don't see him either. So essentially, it's just me and Marine, and we can do whatever we want, so, you know? It's just like, uh, write music, have fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: You guys have been playing shows. You guys played more shows than I... Uh, I don't know how many shows you played, but it seemed like for a while there, a couple months ago, you guys were playing every
2: weekend or something at least. Uh, it, it seemed it seemed that way, and we played <laughs> we played we we played a fair fair bunch of shows, but we've only played ten shows so far. After the record seems came out.
1: to be uh, you know more active than the Windowsill is, and uh, certainly more than uh, Giant Eagles.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 true. But then again, Giant Eagles was never meant to be uh, a, uh, a band that did shows. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's kind of different. And the windowsill—I mean, the windowsill—they played a show uh, maybe two weeks ago in Germany. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they're uh, they're getting around still. They're doing uh, they're doing their stuff. But with um, with the Chevy's, we have a couple shows planned in September now, and then you know, hopefully beyond that, I just want to play more because yeah. uh, the more the more shows we play, the tighter we get live. Which kind of makes sense, of course, but it's just super fucking fun to have like this really small band, just like three guys. We get in the car together, we uh, we have dinner together, we do the sound check and all that stuff, and play a show, have a good time. It's Just super easy to do uh, to do a band like that with uh, with two great friends, you know. Because uh, yeah. yeah, it's just that's just one of the greatest things ever. But those shows haven't been in Rotterdam. That's what I was trying to say. You know, yeah, we okay. We only played one show in Rotterdam, which was a super crazy, weird kind of show, uh, which I'm not even gonna get into. Let's just forget about that one. You know, <laughs> there were there were maybe like maybe like ten people in the audience or whatever. Plus, it yeah, wasn't yeah. really a punk show; just like a weird, a weird kind of weird kind of thing. But I'm hoping and planning to do a, to do a real Rotterdam show at one point. I, uh, I hope that, that Ox is gonna do some shows again, because he was uh, for for a while. He was just like on a roll with his uh, Rotterdam riot thing. Just like organizing. I didn't realize that was him.
1: I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that he was setting those up. That's cool.
2: Yep, it's him. Of course, it's him. <laughs> it's all, it, It's always one of us, you know. Like, <laughs> or, or like one of them, you know. Because Ox just like much respect to Ox. He did a lot of stuff. Like the Rotterdam Riot Festivals with uh, radioactivity, and then he had like I don't know, like masked intruder shows, or uh, or even that uh, or even capitalist kits that he put up. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like Tons of shows, just uh, that's awesome. Always, always a really good time, but you know the pandemic hit and all that stuff, and now it's just like like the the playing field has changed. I don't know if that's a real expression, but you know it's it's all a little bit different.
1: So were you surprised? When the Shippies album came out, it kind of made a little bit of a splash. Are you surprised it did so well, got so much attention?
2: Um, I was very happy that yeah, it got yeah. that that it got the attention uh, that it got. Um, I was also pretty confident about it, you know, because I thought that the record was really good, just really fun, and it was really, and I, I still am super, super proud of that record, you know? That's so, so good, dude. But you never know, you, you never know what people are going gonna to think of it or if they're going to dismiss it or just be like, well, you know, it's OK, but whatever. But I kind of had this little hunch that people would be into it because I, I love that kind of music so much, like Ramones, Riverdale's, Huntington's, all that stuff. Uh, I was like, there's no way that people who are into that stuff are not going to like this record. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I,
1: I I was I was so excited for it because I remember Marine had had told me about it even before the name, you know, even before there was a, there was a band name, and uh, right. I remember I threw up I threw out a recommendation <laughs> for a band right. name and and he was like oh that's kind of cool and then a a month later he's like nah we we're gonna go a different direction and I'm like ah oh, okay yeah. and what uh, was it what was it um, rehabilitated hmm. <laughs> I like that that's a good one. Well, then it was Marine that shot it down. No, um, he had told me about it, and I was excited. And I, you know, it was one of those "don't tell anybody" kind of things. But uh, sooner or later, everyone had kind of. There was all this, uh, all these whispers about this this new band, this new Rotterdam Riverdale's thing. And, right. Uh, so when it finally came out, we finally heard it. It just blew everybody away. with, with no disappointment. You know, it's like you always get hyped on something, but it's Marine. So you're like, ah, that guy's. That guy right. never lets anybody down. So,
2: True. which which is kind of funny to me. I mean, um, once we started the Chivvies, uh, I didn't know that Marine was held in such a, such a high regard within that whole scene. You know, I yeah I know,
0: okay.
2: I, I know that people like his stuff and all and whatever liked his bands, and I like his bands too. I'm a big fan of all his stuff of all, of all his bands. Yeah, but uh, but I never really uh understood that um that there was such a level of appreciation for him you know oh, yeah 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 <laughs> which it turned out there was <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny which which also makes it super funny to me that um the Chevys uh got labeled uh as like there's a new marine band yeah but <laughs> but it's my band yeah, yeah yeah i no, started i know
1: but <laughs> yeah I, I I feel kind of bad about that but it was like you know I I was I'm friends with Marine so he would tell me about his Yeah of course his, his project makes, and stuff and it was like oh shit you know it's just hard to not to you just look forward to sense. it because it makes he's perfect. got a good track record you know
2: Yeah of course I mean he's Marine Nicotine you know Yeah yeah and I'm just but, some guy like
1: I don't know <laughs> <laughs> You're the real danger guy that can do a hell of a Joey but no I mean the album definitely isn't a Marine album you know
2: it no, was just no, sort no. of
1: it kind of, people were excited because Maureen was in the band, but when you hear it, it's like, I think, I think your songs, I mean, Marine writes great songs, but he writes better songs for the windowsill and giant eagles in my book, you know, whereas your song, your Ramon songs on this record are unbelievable. You yeah, know? well,
2: thank you. I appreciate that. Um, those two that you mentioned, uh, Creepy Vibes and Esperanza, those are just like super fun to write and just like do it just a little bit over the top, just a little bit of kitsch in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you yeah.
2: Know, like just go all all the way. That's that's also one thing that um, that I wanted to address when we were talking about like how other pop punk bands um, write their write their songs. Um, is that for some reason the thing that I seem to miss is. Uh, uh bands trying to trying to write a beautiful song to to just like unap- unapologetically write a song that's just super catchy but it's also like a little bit also has like emotion in it and uh, just a little bit sappy but just like yeah, yeah. write a beautiful song without with without it being tongue-in cheek. That's what I'm trying to get at. you know like I hear just, you. Try, just try to write a beautiful song, you know it can be done. Yeah.
0: No? So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what
2: so that's what I also try to do. I mean like a lot of the shavy songs on the first record, they're like some they're just super stupid, like like Dimwit dim whip or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like it's all about having fun, you know? But then mm-hmm. again, you can also write a beautiful song and try to like put your heart and soul into it and have it come out just like something that you're super proud of, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure.
2: And, uh, and I'm, and I'm not always getting that from uh, from a lot of a lot of bands like uh, especially within this this little scene this bubble if you will um, like stuff gets funny fast just like like funny lyrics like going to the beach or whatever yeah, yeah. You know, having a milkshake girls or whatever <laughs> you no know? the
1: important but, stuff
2: yeah the important stuff but uh, you can also try to go just like a little bit moody, or a little bit, a little bit, a little bit evil, or a little bit melancholy. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, man. Yeah. So that's what I tried to do with those with those two particular songs, especially creepy vibes, which is also super fun to play live because just because it just sounds heavy, uh, even though we only have Marine on guitar uh so we don't have a wall of sound and he also does like the leads the down down, down down down, and uh and then it's just me on bass with just like the the lead guitar but it still doesn't fall flat it's like it's still like moody and it gets and it gets the job done <laughs>
1: song. Whose idea was the saxophone on Esperanza?
2: Uh, yeah, that was mine. Yeah? Dude, you yeah. nailed
1: it. There's not many songs with saxophone. punk songs, you know? Very, very few, but I heard it, and I'm like, this is perfect. I'm glad this wasn't a guitar, you know, it wasn't the guitar lead or anything like that, because it was just so different. It just uh-huh. sticks out so much, and it makes that, and it's a long song, and I hate long songs, but that song, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're at five minutes like this is really good. Like there's only one way that, that this could have ended. It was uh, a three minute sax solo, you know?
2: <laughs> but the thing is that the saxophone just tells a story, you know, and the guy and, and the guy that we got to uh, to play it, he's like one of the he's one of those guys that plays in like multiple jazz bands and fusion orchestras or whatever. Cool. So, just like a really, really, really good saxophone player. And uh, I got his phone number from, uh, from a friend of mine, a mutual friend, who, has a, who runs a recording studio. And he was like, well, you want to try that guy because he's really good. So then he just like got in. He soundchecked with Sharky because Sharky from The Real Danger recorded the record. And uh, I think he, we just let him go to town for maybe like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then it was like, yep, we got it. <laughs> and then just packed up and left.
1: <laughs> That's cool.
2: That was that. That was that. was But it was just such a fun thing to do. Also because uh, from playing in punk and hardcore bands for uh, most of my life, <laughs> most of my life by now, um, I played with a lot of good musicians. Like people can actually play, especially in The Real Danger. Those guys were just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And... and uh, but then the saxophone guy came around and I was like, holy fucking shit, this is a <laughs> true, true professional musician. I mean, Sharky and I were there and it was just unbelievable to, to, to have this guy, I was like humming, humming some melodies to him and, and right on the spot, he could just like mimic them on his saxophone. So he just like used the saxophone to, to sing basically. That's so cool. Which is something I had never encountered from playing in punk bands in my life. So you know, I, I wonder, wonder what he thought. <laughs> Sorry, what was that?
1: I wonder what he thinks of the record. You know?
2: Oh, he was super into it. He was super yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. loved it because I uh, because the song was already done, and it had uh, and it had the uh, at first as a guitar lead that uh, Sharky actually uh, played, and. Uh, So we sent him the the finished song basically and we were like okay, so we're gonna do saxophone solo here and you're the man and he was really into it so that's uh, that's why he came down and did it.
1: there's a plan to have him back on the next record
2: (laughs) you psychic you psychic might be
1: it might (laughs) be just your thing you know i think it's expected at this point because it was that good man i mean it's so different nobody nobody does i can off the top of my head i can only think of one pop punk band that has saxophone on a record
2: oh i'm drawing a blank here what was it moral crooks (sighs) see that's one of my blind spots. I know of that band. Oh, dude. No, no. I, I know what they sound like, and I know that I like them. I just don't know their catalog.
1: Great band. But yeah, there's sax. I think it's saxophone at least. I mean, I don't know my horns, I guess, but it's a horn, and it's not ska, so you know, it sticks out.
2: Yeah, well, actually, in the, in the last year or so, I, I encountered a couple of, a couple of uh, saxophone solos here and there. Or just some saxophone and funk rock songs. And I, I'm just drawing a blank here. I, I, I don't really know anymore about <laughs> There's been some other instances, but not like this. Just like, yeah, no, no, just no. like this cheesy kind of ballad. And then have, have a saxophone come in and then just not stop. <laughs> it just goes on. which yeah. to me is, Which to me is beautiful and hilarious at the same time. I love that we did that.
1: So there's not going to be saxophone on the next uh, Real Danger record, is there? You're not that uh, into nope. it.
2: <laughs> nope, nope, nope. 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 That's not happening. So, That's not happening.
1: You said it's easy to write songs for the Shivies, but now that you're writing a Real Danger record, is it is it more of a challenge now because you're trying to not sound like that? You're trying to go back to that Real Danger sound a little bit?
2: Um, no. I love
1: the Real Danger and I love the fact like everything yeah. kind of has that sound. Like, I know that great chorus is coming up, and it's going to be, sure. every song has that sound, and I love it. And I just, I don't want you to stray from that. I just wonder if it's easy to kind of go back to that from what you've been doing with Chivvies.
2: Well, like I said, it, it is pretty easy. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and claim that the that the new songs that I'm writing are, are are best songs, because the best songs are usually written by either Robin or Sharkey. Um, because they, uh, they're just far better guitar players than I am. So they know how to like make things prettier and just like more interesting and (laughs) a little bit bit fancier and stuff. But the real danger has has always been, um, uh, uh, the sum of all parts in the sense of that, um, there are three people writing songs for that band. Not on, not unlike on Descendants, you know, like where everybody writes songs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, but they, dude, you guys—I don't know how you guys did it either, because I've always—I've always loved that about Descendants and all. They got three or four songwriters, but everything kind of sounds the same. And that's the same with Real Danger. I had no idea that everybody, you know, three guys, three different guys were writing different songs because everything has that same sound. You know.
2: Uh, it's cool. In a way it does, but uh, I think that's more due to the fact that it's the same five people playing it. Yeah, yeah, that could be. You know, like the sound is the same, the instruments are the same, uh, the general gist of it is the same. Like, uh, so then what happens is there are nuances in the songwriting, but because the, because the output is the same as always, that makes it sound like, uh, like just like one band, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that it's makes It's vocals sense. too. I think it's vocals too. Your vocals yeah, yeah, are.
2: Yeah, plus uh, I, I write all the vocal melodies and all the lyrics. So, you know, there's that. Cool, yeah. So when did you start uh, playing bass? Uh, I actually started playing bass uh, when I was asked to join a hardcore band in the early 2000s. Which was a, which was a, a straight edge band because I I was still straight edge at that time. I've been straight edge for ten years, 95 to 2005, so okay. it was before that. And uh, that was called Know Your Enemy, and it was just like youth crew type straight edge, straight edge hardcore. And I was the bass player in that band, so I always so that's when I actually bought the bass that I still play now off of a friend of mine and uh, which I'm really glad he did, because it's a super, super nice bass, and he sold it to me for next to nothing. But... <laughs> Always <laughs> uh, so, helps. Yeah, yeah, sure does, sure does. <laughs> it was just like one of those lucky things, like get a really, get a really nice bass for, uh, for a really good price. Um, so I started playing bass then. I mean, I, I already knew how to play, because I've been playing guitar since I was maybe 10. You know, and I, and uh, with the real danger practice or whatever, uppercut before that, I I would always grab like uh, Jyrund's uh, bass guitar and just mess around on it and just like uh, get a little bit of a feel for it. So uh, so that's where I learned basically. So I I've cool. always had a bass. I I've had a bass guitar for like 20 years now. So
1: very cool, very cool. Yeah, I was just just kind of okay. curious because I knew you didn't play bass in real danger. So true. So you know what. You know what you guys should do? Real Danger gets back together for next year, and you and let's say Shivees, and like a windowsill tour. <laughs> <laughs> I I think about this dumb shit, but I'm like, God, that'd be so cool, you know?
2: Yeah, It'd be perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, the Real Danger was also featured on this uh, on this compilation, maybe like 15 years ago more like 10 I don't know I'm, I'm getting my numbers uh, <clears throat> I have to tell you ever since I uh ever ever since I had COVID which was uh maybe a month ago month and a half after that I mean it wasn't it wasn't that bad It it's like a bad cold and then after that it was a little bit tired so it was just basically fine but after that my brain has been a little bit mush oh dude I'm the same way so I'm just like, I'm still like, oh, Jesus, well, when was this? When was that? Just like like the, the non-important stuff or not really important stuff at that time just uh, tends to like fade away now. So that's why I'm having a hard time with, uh, with, uh, with years and numbers and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah,
1: I had the same problem, man, after COVID. Ever since then, I've, there's things I've, I've noticed that my brain is slipping or something i forget things where i usually have a pretty good memory but yeah same same i i I don't know if i'm i I just sometimes i just remember things wrong and then later on i'm like did i actually say that because that's not what i was that's not what i wanted to say you know shit like that so yeah yeah yep yep
2: it's weird yeah it sucks what we were talking about
1: i don't know (laughs) we forgot already dude this covid (laughs) I don't want to talk about COVID. I get so tired of talking about it, you know? Oh, no, it's,
2: like, it's it, it, it just like one of those little side things, like... I um, know, I know. It's so hard not to, though. The, it, the it's just my really memory
1: been kind of fucked. The, the last couple of years, that's all it's been, you know? It really affected yeah. everything, so... Plus,
2: plus Nate, I hate to tell you this, but it's coming back. It's coming back in a big way here. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. A lot of friends are getting it again, and, you know?
1: Yeah. It just blows. Is it... A, is it as bad though? I mean, your friends no, are getting are they getting by, sick? So,
2: no, no, not by a long shot. Actually, yeah, I, went, I went skating this morning with uh, with the uh, the one guy that writes for Meltdown, and uh, he just had it, and uh, he had two days of being super, super sick, just like back pain and all that stuff. Just uh, like his immune system fighting off everything, which uh, which really blows, but but. You know, if it happens, it happens, and uh, I'm not too uh, not too worried about it anymore. I actually went and saw Bad Religion a couple weeks ago, which was a, a packed packed show, and I'm gonna go see the Get Up Kids this this Wednesday. Shit, and it's, that's also gonna be a, a packed show. So you know, there's, you could
1: sing with I mean, that band, man. I swear. <laughs>
2: Actually, I love the Get Up Kids, and I and I I get where you get that comparison from, especially on the first, the Real Danger record, because there there are a couple songs that have a little bit of a Get Up Kids influence to them, and plus everyone in the band is a big big Get Up Kids uh, fan. So, uh, are they a big deal
1: there, Get Up Kids?
2: Uh, yes and no. I didn't Two. know how big they were here. I went
1: and saw them. I only saw them one time. Me and my wife went and saw them in Madison, Wisconsin, like 20, 20 years ago or so. And they were playing a a theater, like uh, a place called the Barrymore Theater. Good size, you know, small theater, but the place was uh-huh. sold out. And I had like I had no idea they were. I was shocked they were even playing there, and then uh-huh. to sell it out, I couldn't believe it. And they were really good at that time. Like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan, but they were they were pretty good. And then uh, after that, they kind of. I thought they would take off, but they kind of put out that next album. I don't know what album it was, but it was really mellow, kind of mellow. And I think it kind of grounded them a little bit. And they never, they certainly never got any bigger. So,
2: No, they didn't. Um, I'm pretty sure that the that the crowd this Wednesday is going to be uh, just like older, older people. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw them <laughs> on their first first tour here, which was with uh, Braid. Also a great fucking band. And uh, that must have been like 97, 98, something, something like that. Hmm. Okay. I've been a fan ever since. I mean, uh, I can't say that I'm that I'm super into their later records, but uh, the older ones, just top notch, just super good, super good band. So That's cool. They're them.
1: playing over there. I had no idea they were still they were still touring and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, they are. I actually saw them maybe four years ago when they played Holland as well. And it was just a super solid show. Like, like those guys are also, they're the same age as me, I think. Like like mid to late 40s. And okay. they don't have to get any bigger, you know? Yeah. And they know that they have their fan base and they know that they can sell out shows. And, they, and, and you can just like tell that they're having a ball and just like, cool. not phoning it in or whatever. Uh, just having fun playing their songs. So that was a really good show. So I'm super looking forward to uh to the one on Wednesday.
1: Let me ask you about uh Meltdown, your your skateboard. Do you guys have like a team? Is there like do you have like a couple kids that skate for Meltdown
2: or anything?
0: Uh,
1: I, just for fun at least.
2: Right. Well I uh, I used to have two. Uh two, two team riders. One one guy, Yurun he uh, he's a childhood friend of mine. Uh, but he started his own skateboard wood shop, so he started to build decks, and then he just like started to ride for his own brand, you know. Okay. And uh, but the thing is that <clears throat> I use his wood shop to get meltdown decks made, so it's still like all in the family. But cool. essentially, I only have one team rider now, which was a uh, which is uh, Michel, who's a friend of mine. He's also old, older, older dude, mid 40s, but he can still skate really good um basically meltdown is just like a little bit of a make-believe kind of kind of uh kind of brand you know i mean it's just me you know i order the boards i make the artwork i know how to get it produced and all that stuff i make all the t-shirts and i all ship it and i run the web shop and i i do all that stuff but it's just one guy you know yeah yeah it's not it's not a company you know it's a passion project it's a hobby and uh but lately, I've been thinking about like maybe getting because there are a lot of really good skateboarders in Rotterdam, like uh, the younger generation. Um, to getting maybe like one or two younger guys on the on the team, but because I'm also an old fart and I'm uh, I hate everything <laughs> and I'm a, and I'm a snob when it comes to like art and music and style and all that kind of stuff. I just can't really relate to those younger guys, you know. So I'm trying to find like this younger kid who knows a little something about something I don't know if I'm yeah. making myself clear but just like not listening to fucking trap music or yeah yeah <laughs> like bad stuff or like uh, you know whatever yeah I know what you mean man yeah just a little bit of a little bit of a thing that like they know where I'm coming from you know they don't have to be like uh, super meltdown fan or like super into like old school skateboarding or stuff like that, but uh, just to uh, there has to little there has to be a little bit of a connection there. Totally. Know? Plus, I'm not gonna be, I'm not going to be their manager. I'm not going to be their fucking dad. Like, okay, well, so, you can, <laughs> so you get so you get three boards every 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 six months or whatever, just a couple of free T-shirts, and <laughs> I'm going to expect. Uh, some footage every week so I can post it on my Instagram and you know, it's just like, it just seems like it's such a fucking hassle. Hmm. You
0: know?
2: Like, like being, being a team manager to some, some 20 year olds or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be difficult.
2: Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> so that's, so that's why I'm putting it off, you know, <laughs> plus, plus, like I said, meltdowns, not my main source of income by any means. Yeah, so it's yeah. just something that I do for fun, and if some boards sell out, they sell out, and if I end up uh, with a with a whole stock of them, that's also yeah. fine. You know, so it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, that, it's like my label, you know. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's just for fun, and and True. hopefully people enjoy the records I put out. And if they don't, you know, it kind of sucks, but I enjoy yeah. them at least. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's just. A, it's exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is.
1: So tell me about all your erotic art, man. Your Twitter is like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's graphic. It is. It is that is. something like you just have always, have always done or what?
2: Not always. <laughs> um, it kind of stems from, uh, I, I got my iPad Pro a couple years ago. And, okay. that made it, and that made it so much easier to just, like, draw everywhere and anywhere and just, like, do anything. And, I'm, and I just, like, had, had these phases of just, like, doing all these gooey monsters and zombies and creeps and ghouls and stuff for Meltdown. And then uh, started doing some portrait stuff. And then one thing led to another. I just started to, like, getting to... I mean, I've always been into like the, the vintage realm of uh, like erotic art and uh, pornography and all that kind of stuff, you know. So it made sense to like give that a go. But uh, the Twitter is is mainly there because uh, if I if I post that stuff on Instagram, they will ban <laughs> the me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And I and I already have two two of those warnings under my belt.
0: Cool.
2: You know? <laughs> no it's not cool <laughs> I mean, in a way it is but it's just like it's a drawn nipple yeah. it's not even real it's it just,
1: doesn't make sense
2: it's just fucking pixels of a person you know it makes zero sense but um as I like to say their house their rules I mean I don't own Instagram or Meta or Facebook or whatever it's called yeah 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 (laughs) and uh, so you know it's like you know it's their thing and I'm just there as a guest and uh, I have to comply to the to the rules and then I found out that Twitter uh, is a place where you can still like post uh, uncensored uh, pictures and also artwork so that's why I did that but it's just one of those things that... Uh, also, I think the whole nudity and, and the pornography thing comes from... Um, I've always been part of... A, not always, but also for the best part of uh, over 20 years. Part of this art collective, which was first called Antistrot. And then afterwards it was called Horst, Uh Which makes zero sense to all the foreign listeners, but... Uh, uh, it's essentially a, a group of people that met in art school. There's six of us, and uh, we do paintings and artwork and murals and all that stuff together. And that was also, and that always had a little bit of an, uh, an anarchy kind, kind of vibe. Just like anything goes, you can draw whatever. Just like uh, offensive stuff, you know, like juvenile stuff doesn't really matter. So uh, I think that's where it comes from as well. Just like. Haha, <laughs> nudity. You know? Stuff like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, I saw
2: your
1: uh I saw the bench. You posted on Facebook a little while ago. The bench oh, yeah. outside your studio. Yeah,
2: That's yeah, Very that cool. Was, that was actually put up um that was actually put up on Friday. Uh and it's now Sunday. And I just saw it for the first time. Because I uh to record this, uh I went to my studio like I said. And then uh so so I got here and then I remembered that the bench was there. So I took some pictures. But yeah, that was uh, that was a cool uh, cool little thing. It was actually funded by the by the by the city council. And, uh wow. There's there's 12 of them I think of uh, different armies that, uh, that 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 reside in the in the street the street that I'm on.
1: Right outside there, like on that block or something, or are they kind of in the whole neighborhood?
2: No no no, just just this street. Cool. Just the street, so they're all like lined up in a row, and they're they're attached to you like big planters with uh, with trees in them and stuff. So yeah, yeah. It looks uh, looks really nice. It's uh, some good stuff. It's awesome, man. No, I I liked it. Looks good. Something for people to look at. Yeah, I'm into it. Super good. Cool stuff.
1: You have an unbelievable talent. I will tell you that. I don't know if you're a better artist or better singer, but um, I'm I'm happy that we get to uh we get to have both. You know.
2: Thanks. There's, uh, there's actually this, uh, this, uh, this running gag that I have with my girlfriend. We've been dating for close to seven years now. And for some reason, she keeps insisting that uh, uh, on our first date, I told her that, uh, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> Which I'm not, and I don't know where she got it from. But I do know that, that at that first date, we were just like walking around the city center and get, get, getting something to eat and whatever. Getting 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 uh, getting some drinks, and I kept running into people that I knew from like the <laughs> art world, skateboarding world, music scene, whatever. And then we ended up having dinner at uh, at at this uh, at this little uh, this, this little burger joint, which I also did all the artwork for, and uh, <laughs> you know, and I knew the owner, and I'm just like, who doesn't this guy know, you know? But for some reason, she keeps insisting that I actually told her to her face. I'm a big deal, which I, which for the record, I didn't. <laughs> but uh, it always cracks me up. But you know, like, uh, like every once in a while, I think about it. And it's just like, I have my hands in a whole lot of different kind of things. You know, I have the, yeah. the art collective, I have the skateboarding. I have my my uh, freelance illustration stuff. Then I have two bands and, you know, there's um, just a whole lot of, uh, I just have a whole lot of uh, creative outlets, you know, to yeah. um, to keep things fun and interesting. And uh, but that's, truth be told, that's also the only thing that I know how to do, you know, like do the creative stuff because I I always want to like make something, do something, get get something done. That's why I'm so eager to do the new the Real Danger record. Oh yeah, can't wait. You know, because it's been a while. It's cool. And uh, and uh, do uh, the new Shiveys record, and you know, like <laughs> get new stuff to draw and make make more skateboards and all that kind of shit. So, uh, yeah. Shield Recordings
1: is gonna be crazy busy in the next couple of years. New real danger, huh, uh-huh. Giant Eagles, Windowsill. I'm gonna fucking love yeah. it, dude. It's great. But uh, I'm gonna. I love your work, dude. I like. I. You know, not just the erotic stuff, just everything. Like I look at the skateboard artwork, and I, I fucking love it. And one of these days, I'm gonna figure out a way for you to uh, to work with me, giving me some dummy room, a new dummy room, something, something. So I'll figure it out
0: because <laughs> I would love it,
1: dude.
2: You know where to find me, Nate. I'm here. I'll
1: figure something out. But I, I, I really, I respect your all your talents. Thank you. Most most people can't do anything you do individually, and you you're killing all of them. So it's very cool. Oh.
2: It's funny you should say that because uh, uh, I've been surrounding myself with creative people for most of my life. So basically, every single one of my friends knows how to do something. You know? Yeah. It's just artists, musicians, skateboarders, what have you. Just like everybody is involved in doing like something creative. So sometimes I forget that there are also a lot of people. That don't know how to do that kind of stuff and are just like a fan of, uh, of, uh, of the things that we get to do, you know, which is also definitely, which is also great, you know, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that I think about sometimes. I, I
1: thought you were going to say you were starting a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh fuck! <laughs> I'm not. So, well, you I'm, could, you could pull it off. That'd be us, yeah, do a skateboard podcast or something. That'd be kind of cool.
2: Oh, Jesus Christ! No, 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 thank you, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening. That's not happening. No. I
1: got the creative juices flowing here. Next couple uh-huh. months, you'll be doing it.
2: No, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Meltdown no, podcast. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out a little bit. I mean, yeah, sure I'm a thing. big fan and just, I, I know we kind of went everywhere, but um, oh, that's You know, cool. the big the big takeaways are a new uh, The Real Danger album and uh, a new Shimmies uh-huh. album will be on the way. So very, very cool.
2: Sure. We're on it. We're on it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nate. It's uh, it's an honor and a pleasure. Just, uh, dude, it's, it's all mine. Fun, fun time, fun time.
1: All right, dude. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, if I ever, if I if I move to Holland, how come you guys don't call it Holland? What's the difference between Holland and the Netherlands?
2: Ah, uh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> I don't even know. Some some people actually do call it Holland, uh, but it's more connected to when the Dutch national football team or soccer team as you say are playing then it's like holland you know holland is our country or whatever it's just crazy and uh like the province that uh that i'm in that rotterdam is in is uh, south holland and then amsterdam is in north holland okay so i'm i'm not quite sure but uh in holland we call it Nederland, and in uh you know the rest of the world says the netherlands so i don't know
1: <laughs> okay just curious i don't even know why is it a over there.
2: you know that one, <laughs> that one Seinfeld. I, I think it's a Seinfeld Seinfeld episode where they're like, "The Netherlands." No, no, it's called Holland. All right, then who are the Dutch? You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very Seinfeld Seinfeld esque, but
2: yeah, but it's also a very legit question because it's just it's it's all over the fucking place, <laughs> you know, Holland, the Netherlands, the Dutch, and it's not Dutchland, and it's like. It, it makes zero sense.
1: Well, I'm going to get there someday. When I get there, I, I expect uh, the ultimate punk rock festival with with uh, Bat Bites, Real Danger, Windowsill Apers, Travoltas, Accelerators, everybody, all you guys. It's only like 10 of you guys, so.
2: Goddamn. It's a lot of reunions as well. Accelerators, <laughs> Bat Bites. Ah, oh, dude.
1: I love the Bat Bites, man. Great band. Oh,
2: they're great. They're great. They're great. Good people, too. Just super sweet people. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: before we before we start going down that rabbit hole here, uh, uh-huh. let's uh, let's let's end it um, next week on the show. I don't even know if there's going to be a show next week. I, I might need a break here, but um, I know I have something cool coming up. I'll tell you about it when uh, when we hang up here. But um, everybody else, you'll have to wait and see. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, and we'll talk to you later. See ya. Goodbye. Goodbye.